Well, tech stocks are back on the rise in the United States, and the U.S. dollar is down this morning, so a bit more of a risk-on mood, although oil is falling, the fiscal stimulus package is faltering, jobs are looking more uncertain, and in Europe, Brexit's tunnel talks might not happen next week. But the Aussie dollar is rising today. We get the final retail numbers for Australia for August today as well. And U.S. non-farm payrolls tonight. It's Friday, the 2nd of October, 2020. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, pinch and a punch. Well, it's now the second day of the month, but in the United States, of course, it's still the first. And uh, there, the US dollar is down a little, about 0.2% down, about 0.4% down at its uh, lowest mid-session. The Aussie dollar now getting close to 72 US cents. It's up 0.4% this morning. The pound has lost a quarter percent. The euro up 0.2%. The Nasdaq is going for broke. It's up 1.2%. The S&P up half a percent. The Dow fairly flat. Microsoft, Facebook and Tesla have been the uh, the big winners uh, of the major shares. Oil is back down. That was fairly short-lived, wasn't it? 4% fall in WTI, 3.5% down for Brent. Gold up 1%, silver up over 2%. Not much movement in uh, in bond yields this morning. And here's uh, David DeGaris, Director Economics for Markets at NAB in London. Now, look, Dave, last time we spoke to you, we had a few technical problems. So hopefully we've got those sorted out today. But it must be catching because the Tokyo Stock Exchange stopped all trading <laughs> all day yesterday because of technical problems. They they had to turn the whole thing off and turn it on again, I think was the advice they got from yes, the Texas. Yes, well, that, that's, that's, that's the, usually the technical advice, isn't it? Yeah. You know, control, alt, delete. doesn't normally take a day. But anyway, there we are. Yes. Now, one of the days when uh, you look at the news uh, and you look mm. at US equities and you wonder what's yes. going on because equities are up and yet – no resolution in the United States on that fiscal stimulus package. No. Uh, no. I, I guess the good news is, and maybe this is hope, the fact they have delayed it, haven't they? So they, they can have a, they were going to be voting on it today. They've delayed it so there can be another day of talks between Nancy Pelosi and Steve well, Mnuchin. So it's, a, it's, it, it's, like, it's, it's not dead, but it's like uh, the death scene from Camille or, uh, or, or Titanic, if you want to bring it slightly more today. It, it's, it's going on for um, a long time anyway. Yeah, yeah there's talk that they might bring members back, you know, to vote on it, you know, in a, in a week or so. Mm. But what they have done, of course, is that at least they've uh, voted um, to avert a government shutdown. So they've funded the government through December 11. So that that's positive, right? Um, yeah. I mean, they've been to that uh, that line before in the past. Uh, so, so that's positive. But you're right, there's no fiscal package and just seems as... What's holding them back is the philosophical differences, you know, with the Republicans, let alone um, Mnuchin and Pelosi being able to not being able to stitch up a deal between them. I mean, those one of the two. sticking points is that is the is the uh, four hundred thirty six billion that they want to give to state and local governments that the, the, the Democrats do, because the Republicans are seeing that as a as a bailout for those uh, poorly run states. Look, the. Uh, Jobs numbers, um, they were okay, weren't they? But uh, but it is flattening out a bit. We're not seeing, uh, you know, it, it's a very long, slow process, this recovery. It, it, it is a grind. So just to recap, Phil, I mean, in, uh, you know, at the start of the pandemic, you know, the US shed 22 million jobs in an instant. And, um, it, you know, since then, um, they've gotten back, what uh, 10.6 million, so about half of what they've lost. You know, if if you take the payrolls numbers as the um, as the yardstick, and and uh, jobless claims have been trending a bit lower. So jobless claims down, uh, you know, another 800 and what was it, 37,000 uh, for the week ended 25th of September. But it does seem the the rate of improvement does seem to be slowing, 
and there's still a long way to go. And, you know, a lot of the small business indicators suggesting that that might be enough to weigh on uh, payrolls uh, next month, so the October numbers, but they won't actually be out until after the election. So it is very much a slow grind, and the, and the payrolls numbers tonight will probably reflect that. So, you know, last month we had one point. 4 million increase in payrolls. This month, the market's looking for just under 900,000, maybe enough to bring the unemployment rate back from 84 to 8.2%, but still super elevated compared to, you know, the threes that we had before the pandemic. Yeah, and if this stimulus deal isn't reached and they've now, you know, the, the furlough process has ended, hasn't it? So we're now mm. hearing, you know, the airlines, for example, planning tens of thousands of yes. job cuts. Uh, we yes. heard about Disney laying yes. off 28,000 earlier in the, in the week. Yes. Uh, so all of that's going to be added to the to the picture. So it's, it's not looking that rosy. We had the ISM mm. manufacturing came in, 55.4. So again, a sign that the manufacturing sector is growing. But again, the employment index there still below 50. So, you know, in, another sign showing concern for jobs. Still, still below 50, um, but a little bit better than it was in the previous month. Uh, orders were down a bit from 67.6 to 60. Uh, yeah, my take on the manufacturing sector in the US, Phil, and remember this is, what, 10, 11, 12% of the economy, it, it's doing okay. And that seems to be the picture around the world. So you've got some ongoing consumer spending growth. The investment side of the economy is, is not doing that well. And the service side is still struggling. So it's going to come down still to the consumer, isn't it, and how that plays out uh, with the ending of the um, enhanced unemployment benefits. And we saw today maybe a first taste of that uh, with the consumer spending figures out of the US for August, which were up by 0.7% in after inflation terms, which was a pretty reasonable result, but certainly wasn't funded out of payroll growth. Um, it was funded out of the, the boost to savings, you know, from the previous benefits. So obviously, how sustainable is that going forward? Um, you know, because the savings rate, you know, was up to over thirty percent, was eight percent before the uh, before the pandemic hit, and it's now back to fourteen percent. So, how are the consumers going to respond uh, if the job market starts to slow up? Um, you know, you would think that they would start to conserve cash. So, Congress is going to have to come back with whoever the is in the White House after the election. Uh, to address all of that. But for what they're worth today, I mean, it, it tells you that the Q3 consumer spending figures in the US are going to be pretty robust, but after a really bad Q2. So that's more, looking more like, um, you know, Q3 GDP is going to print somewhere around the 34.6% annualised. Um, and it's interesting that uh, those that number for GDP is going to come out four or five days before the election. So that'll be a pretty good number. But uh, a day later, mm. the uh, the September consumer spending figures, the ones we had today, are going to be released. So yeah. they may well get play into the election. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, a good bit of economic news at the last moment for the president. He probably needs it, doesn't he? He's getting, been getting into trouble because of his comment about the Proud, Proud Boys, the white supremacist group that he said should stand down and stand by during that uh, uh, that debate the other night. And now he's saying he doesn't even know who the Proud Boys are, even though he brought them up. Uh, so that's getting a bit of traction in the news. The other thing is, 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 is well, of course, you know, the, the numbers of fatalities continue to increase in the United States as well. The University of Washington reckons 
Republicans, there'll be another 30,000 deaths by the time of the election. So that's not going to help his case too much either. But look, uh, all fun and games there. Fun and games as well in uh, Europe. The European Commission has started legal proceedings against the UK. Call me old-fashioned, but uh, th- that sounds like a relationship that's not going too well uh, when that happens. Look, if you if you sue your wife, uh, to me, that is a telltale sign that you've got a struggling marriage. Uh, although, you know, <laughs> really? Ursula von der Leyen uh, has given the UK one month to respond to a letter of formal notice, although you'd hope in, in a month a deal will have been done. So I'm wondering whether this is just, a, a, again, yes. just a, a bit of this, yes. this game of brinkmanship. Well, this is all over the internal markets bill, of course, that uh, passed through the House that UK government's holding to one side in the event that there is no trade deal struck, which yeah. they will then... But if there, is a, if there is a trade deal, then it's a mute point, isn't it? It is, although there are some European politicians who've been out today saying, or at least one that I heard on the on the BBC this morning saying that Given the internal markets bill, uh, you know, essentially how can we trust the British government to live by the deal that they struck? You know, the Brexit withdrawal agreement, which the internal markets bill seeks to change in the event of a no deal Brexit. So it's a little bit it's it's a little bit complicated, Phil, but um, I think most analysts think that this is not necessarily going to torpedo the whole thing. But, um, you know, it's just that, you know, we're on Thursday, supposedly the tunnel where they get together and nut out all the formal texts and so forth. Yeah. Uh, According to some people. I'm hearing now, if you look, there's... A lot, a lot of coverage. I mean, the pound has been very choppy on all of it this has, today. It has, it has, it has. And, and a question the, as to whether whether the tunnel is actually going to happen next week. There's uh, the, the FT saying today that the several EU diplomats are predicting that the tunnel is actually not, they're not going to go into the tunnel for those final negotiations until after the, the summit yes. on October the 15th yes. and 16th. Yes, yes. They're leaving things to the very last moment. Yes, yes, I know, I know, I read that. And there have been all sorts of reports about whether they're landing on a space where they agree on the... Um, level playing field and state aid and so forth, and one saying, yes, they are, and another saying not. And as you said, the FT saying, well, they're not going to go into the tunnel anyway until after the summit. So obviously the summit won't be con- considering text. So just like last year, it's going to go down to the wire, yeah, isn't this it? this is the final wire, isn't it? So there's no movement after. Uh, the final, but there's the final, final <laughs> wire, isn't there, rather? Oh, let's just call the whole thing off. Uh, look, uh, the uh, the strength in the Aussie dollar today, uh, I guess, I mean, the, the strength in the yuan will have helped here, of course, and uh, China now in their golden week holiday till next Wednesday. Yes, so we saw in the past 24 hours or so, we've seen quite a bit of strength in the uh, the offshore one, the CNH. So that had pressed down towards and below sort of uh, levels that we haven't seen for some period of time. It has settled through the uh, the trading day. So Aussie, first thing this morning, uh, looked like it was going to break through 72 cents. Uh, and as you mentioned earlier, it was just, just below that level. So things have settled down, even mm. though, you know, the US fiscal deal is not done. You've still got the Brexit issue the infections, all of that news. So if you wanted to worry, there are plenty of things to worry about right now, but the market is the market, yeah. right? So um, there we are. So uh, retail sales for Australia for August as well. Now, we uh, we know they have fallen, of course, because we've, well, we had the preliminary numbers, yes, of course, do. which showed a 4.2% fall. So should there anything be anything we should be looking at in, the, in these final numbers? I don't think so. Um, I mean, the big the big news there is um, you know the impact of uh, Victoria on retail sales. So I think we know that yeah. story now. And 
if you'd ask the people on the street, they'd be able to tell you anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, All right, and inflation for the euro area as well, uh, 0.4% year on year last time. This is a long way off the uh, ECB's target. Yes. A a million miles from the inflation story in the United States, of course. It is. um, You know, the core PCE deflated there in the US running at around 1.5%. The the ECB would love that sort of inflation rate. Um, So, and they've been doing a lot of open talking this week about whether they should adopt inflation averaging and so forth. So... It is starting to make some people in the ECB nervous again, I think, Phil, the inflation story. So, um, and you have one or two two wise stories suggesting, are they thinking about further easing and so forth and what could they do? In any case, it's going to be up to fiscal policy to support the economy. And you've already had quite a lot of that from uh, the Germans and the French, you know, with their labour market support schemes. And, of course, yeah. the... Um, the recovery plan. So uh, even though that may be delayed a little bit, but yeah, yeah. the recovery fund. But nevertheless, there is quite a lot of fiscal stimulus in the pipeline there. But inflation, of course, is another story and how quickly that might come up. Yeah. Well, the idea of inflation averaging seems a little academic while it's so low, doesn't it? Absolutely. Uh, We'll leave it there for now. Great to talk, Dave. Catch you again soon. Have a great weekend. You too, Phil. Cheers. And you have a great day and a great weekend too. I'm talking to you, listening in. Uh, (laughs) Thanks for listening this week. Uh, We'll catch you again on Monday morning. I'm Phil Dobby for now. See you next week.